Today's scripture is John 7, 37 through 38. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the Spirit has said, out of the believer's heart, shall flow rivers of living water. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Judy. Would you pray with me, please? Invite us now into this moment of contemplation, reflection, celebration. Give us a festival of grace, a festival of love. Let us celebrate the goodness that is ours in Christ. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and actions of our lives be a wonderful, eternal living sacrifice to you, the one who has claimed us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Festivals. Festivals is sort of an old word. We did, when's the last time you went to a festival? Oh, we go to parties. Uh, here in Clarkston, we go to parades. But a festival. I'm just coming back from a festival. A week-long festival of magic and wonder. We were in the holy land of dreams coming true of princesses and princes, of the evil ones and the drama that happens. Yeah, this last week we were down in uh, Orlando uh, celebrating our family. We were able to be together. It's the first time we've ever had all four of our grandchildren together ever. Uh, Some live in Switzerland, some live in North Carolina, and so we were together in that magical place. Festivals happen a lot in Disney World. Sometimes they happen down Main Street when they all the characters come marching through and people line up for an hour beforehand so they can see them all. Sometimes they happen in hotel rooms when you are in a hotel room playing hide-and-seek with a three-year-old. Do you know how many places you can hide in a motel room with a three-year-old? As many places as you can stand and close your eyes, that's where you can hide. Uh, There was a festive moment this week as I was running around the room for the hundredth time trying to find Elena, and she's behind the doors of the closet. And I'm coming close, and she knows I'm coming close by the sound of my voice, and she says, Poppy, wait a minute, i got to pull up my pants. And it was a festival. It was a celebration. You understand what I mean? We had a great time. And I was intrigued by the passage when I called this week to Amy. And I said, Amy, I'm sorry. 
I'm a little not focused to help me know what the scripture is for Sunday. And she sent me the scripture for today that was just read to you by Judy. And it says at the end of the festival. Well, when you're ever in your scripture and it says at the end of the festival, at least I and I encourage you go back to figure out what's been going on. What's the festival in our class that we're doing, going through right now with the Bible is scripture. I'm trying to help people understand that scripture is contextual. You've got to understand where it fits in the whole book and the gospel, in the chapter, to know what's going on around it. And so I was intrigued, and I couldn't start at the verses that was read to you today. I had to go back to the first verse of chapter 7. It's the Festival of Booths. Now, how many of you have been studying about the Festival of Booths lately? That's B-O-O-T-H-S, not B-O-O-Z-E-S. I want to be real clear. <laughs> My throat's a little shaky. I don't want you walking out and saying, Pastor said we go have a Festival of Booths today. That's not what I'm talking about talking about the Festival of Booths. Well, the Festival of Booths is a festival that has been a part of the Jewish community for a long, long time, even before Jesus came, and it was being celebrated at this point in his ministry. It was a great celebration because it was a celebration of God's caring for the people during the Exodus. You've heard about that. And in this, in this festival, the idea was is that you were really to focus on the way in which God had cared for the people on the Exodus. God had tended to their every need, gave them food where they would not be able to find food on their own, gave them water in the middle of a desert, guided them through places they could not get through on their own. He had provided so much for the people of, of, of God, for the Hebrews on this journey. And so in the festival of booze, the idea was to remember that. A lot of it meant that you also moved, that you came out of your house and lived in temporary shelter to try to recreate or remember at least what it was to be on that journey for 40 years. And so I want you to think about if we had a festival of booths here in that like manner, you'd all be sleeping in tents last night to sort of capture the remembrance of your people coming across the frontier. But then the other part of this was not only to sleep in temporary shelter, it was an expectation that every male who could be there would present himself to God in the temple. It was at least annual requirement, a pleading, an expectation that you go to the temple to present yourself before God, this God who had so richly cared for you in, the, in your people during the time of the Exodus. And in, in this festival, in the temple, we hear about in John 7, there are a number of things that happen. But there's one that I want you to make sure you understood today. The priest at a particular time in the celebration would go to the altar, the Holy of Holies, the places where God was expected to live, where God listened to the people, the place where only the priest was allowed to, to be in, to act out the Holy of Holies, would stand up in front of the people and take water and pour it into the basin, reminding people of how God had taken water and allowed it to spring up out of the rock and to, and to bless the people in the water, to bless the people in the desert with this gift. That's what's going on here. Now, you also need to know that Jesus has already started to, well, cause the attention of those who were distrusting of him, who were afraid that he was saying too many radical things that were calling into question the rules and rigidity of the faith. 
So there was some thought that Jesus wouldn't go because the authorities would be looking for him. He sent his disciples, though, because, well, they were male Jews. They needed to go. They weren't going to get in trouble. But in chapter 7, after his disciples went, Jesus himself also went against the desires of his disciples because they were afraid something terrible would happen to him. And he's... In chapter 7, here in this festival in Jerusalem, in this massive crowd of people, think Disney World packed to the gills. No one would be able to see him. He'd be protected in his anonymity amidst the crowd. If only he would just stay quiet there. But he saw the priest pour the water and give thanks to the God in heaven who had given this water. And Jesus then did something that was so amazing and so powerful, I want you to catch it. Jesus helped us understand in the moment what ritual really is. That ritual is not simply about doing things to remind people. Jesus steps out of the amenity that he had in the crowd and stands before all risking his life, so by doing. And he sees the water that has been poured and spread out, and he's heard the prayers and the liturgies, thanking God for that living water. And as a Jew, as a follower of God, yes, as we understand the Son of God, he could not let the ritual simply stay there on the altar. He turned around and he said to people what you just heard. I am the living water. I'm the living water and out of me flows the water and out of every believer's heart flows the water. I want you to catch this. This is so important. Jesus took the ritual that was up there and it is as if he took a basin and stood in it in himself and said, I'm not going to be here to celebrate water up there. I am going to become the living water. The ritual was not simply to be something done in front of the people. It was an invitation for how the people were called to live. I am the living water. And out of all of the hearts of the believers flow living water. This is so important. And I want to tell you, when I was working on this on Wednesday, I mean, it popped off the page to me so, so hot. I couldn't wait to get back here to tell you about this. See, what Jesus is saying is that for us, engaging in a relationship with God is not about observing what God has done, observing what we say God does, and saying, wow, that God's a really cool God. It is instead saying, God is our God, and I am going to put myself in, not to the observance of faith, but the being of faith, the practice of faith. Jesus was not about saying, let me sit around here and passively worship a God like a, a group of spectators watching a football game. He said, I am going to become 
the living water that God is. Now, I know you're saying to, Rick, to, to me, Rick, he's, he's the Son of God. Of course he can say that. Yes, he could. In some ways, you could say, well, this is his coming out party to say who he was. He's the Son of God. But if we stop there, we miss the point. You see, Jesus, in so becoming one who would say, not only does God give living water, but I am the living water, he teaches his disciples who are in that crowd, and I expect you to become living water sources as well. You see, all too often, I think what we've done, what we have messed up, what we have forgotten, is that we think religion and faith is about honoring this God who's so amazing. So we basically come in and say, yay God, yay God, yay God. And then we walk out hoping that somewhere along the way we might stumble into God throughout the week. But that is not what is happening here. Jesus is saying, I'm here to put myself in to the living water and to become the source of living water for others. And if you are my disciples, then you and you and you must also become sources of living water in a very parched world. Do you hear me? What we're celebrating today is not the fact that God is a mighty God who has poured out water historically and every once in a while gets us a little damp in worship. What we're celebrating today is that we get the privilege of being the sources of living water to others in the world who are looking for a, a source to quench their thirsting, to calm their anxiety, and to give them hope. That's what we get to do. Jesus got to become the source of living water he invited his disciples to do the very same. Now, guess what? Context, right? Context, right? So what happens after chapter 7? Chapter 8. <laughs> what happens in chapter 8? This living source of water, who's no longer sitting around saying, hey, God, you're a great God, but is saying, I'm out here to become the living water to the world as well, is confronted by a group of angry people who are pretty upset because they have in front of them and not put in front of him this woman caught in adultery. And he's ready, and they're ready to stone her because, well, they have the right to. Now, you know, I think, I hope you know what happens in that story. If not, read chapter 8 of John today, the end of the story. He forgives her. But the point I'm making to you is this. The moment that Jesus was willing to say, I'm not here to observe God, but to become the practice of this faith, to become the living water, he's immediately given the opportunity to offer living water to someone who needed it. Do you hear me, church? Why we're celebrating today, why there are balloons behind me, why today is a celebration day is because we have begun to discover that this is not about Jesus becoming the source of living water or God becoming the source of living water, but an invitation for you and for me to become faucets flowing of living water out into the world. We've already begun to discover it. Your children are learning it at a very base level. 
We are indoctrinating your children to believe that their job is to be agents of passing living water into a hungry, thirsting world. We are teaching them to love God and to serve the world and to understand those become a part of the same equation. Look around the walls and you see cards, gratitude cards. You've looked at them already to some extent over the past week or two. If you haven't gone by and read them in the last couple of weeks, take some opportunity today. But each one of those cards represents the life of someone who could articulate a reason for which they are grateful to God, grateful to be here, grateful to be a part of the changed action of God's flowing water in the world. I had the privilege of looking at a number of those cards before they went up, and a number of them stick out of my mind. And I want to tell you there are a couple of them that didn't get up on the wall. Because, quite frankly, they were so poignant. And because they were so personal, I chose not to put them on the wall. But they talk about lives that are so radically being changed, transformed, because flowing water is going all around the room and outside the walls. One of a, of a family who came here looking for a place just to find a church home and is finding a dynamic relationship with Christ this person never knew before. Another wrote very simply this sentence. Because of the grace reflected in this church, I know as a sinner I still have a chance. Praise God. We still got a chance. You better have more than a chance. Have an invitation to become living water to the world. How many of you have seen on YouTube recently, it started to make the popular press, that's why I'm wondering if maybe you've seen it. Um, there's a, a not-for-profit corporation uh, that took a, a homeless person off the street and did a makeover. Has anybody else seen that? A few of you seen it? Like it's had like a, it's just skyrocketed. So if you go Google it, say something about that, you'd probably find it. It's a three-minute video of a, of a homeless person who, who gets a, a, a makeover, right? I mean, it's cleaned up. The, the hair done and the whole thing, uh, takes the clothes from this person, puts them on a suit. I mean, they look like Fortune 500 at the end of the three-minute clip. Now, what's great about the clip is not just the fact that take somebody out of a situation, put them on nice clothes, and throw them back in the situation. Rather, this person has turned his life around, is going to AA, is, is transitioning into his own personal home. His life's been changed by this ministry. And I watched this video on Thursday, and I thought... This is fantastic. But it's what I see happen all the time here. It's what I see happen all the time here when I watch and hear the stories and talk with people of what's going on in their lives and what's happening out in the world. You see, the church is beginning to be known as a place that's splashing water out into the world. And that's what we've always been intended to do. And each and every one of you is invited to do it. That's why we celebrate pledge cards today. Ooh, church is going to make some money today. Of course they're going to celebrate pledge cards. No, that's not really the case at all. See, why making a pledge matters, why taking this activity is just one form of the multiple ways in which we can stop and say, this is a way in which I'm going to not support ministry, I'm going to be the ministry. 
I don't want to be part of an organization that I can just throw some money at and support, but for most of my life really not care what they do. I want to be part of a family of faith, a group of people who are making the kingdom of God come alive in the world. And that's what this is about. It is a celebration day of knowing that you get to be the flowing sources of water in the world to others. Yes, by your pledge. Yes, by your worship. Yes, by your time commitment. And yes, by the moments you set yourself up for in the next few days when you walk out of this place ready and willing to offer the never-ending flowing God's grace, love, and water to those that you may encounter. Because I'm going to guarantee you this. In the next few days... There will be people around you who are parched and need flowing water of Christ, and you will be the only faucet available to them. And I want you to know the joy. I want you to share the celebration. I want you to know what it is to live in a festival when you get to drown someone else in God's grace. It's an amazing thing. Festivals are fun. Because you can have them wherever you are. In the middle of Disney or in a motel room. So, we were leaving Disney. It was the last day. It was the last monorail ride. We were going back to, well, you. <laughs> and um, we were leaving. And, and as it happened... Uh, Myself and my son-in-law dropped over on this bench and across the way was this other bench. And on that other bench sat Laura, my wife, Emily and Elizabeth, my two daughters, and around them, my four grandchildren, exhausted and having fun all at the same time. And I looked across the rail car, the monorail, and I looked at those people and realized those are the people in the world I would die for. It's a holy moment. It's a festival moment. When you have encounters with people like that, when you are in love with people like that, and when the love flows from you, from God, to others, lives get changed. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, and on behalf of John Wesley, who got it right when he said, do all the good you can, all the times you can, by all the means you can, for all the people you can, because living in that water is a cool thing and a great blessing to the world. So it's in that spirit I'm going to invite you to celebrate today. I'm going to invite you to be a part of being the ministry, not just supporting the ministry. I'm going to let Amy tell you about how we're going to proceed next. But I'm going to invite you to join with me in a word of prayer as we get ready to lift ourselves into the flowing waters of God's stream of grace. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful that you were willing to step up in the middle of a ritual and make it something more than a remembrance, make it a flowing forward gift of grace. We are grateful for the way in which you've taught us by our forefathers and foremothers who have demonstrated what it is to be those who let love flow through them to our generation. And now, God, I ask you to bless us as we prepare to, to celebrate our place in this ministry, that we might not only celebrate that we get to be a part of it, but be prepared for where we can share this love and grace in the days to come. Bless all that we bring, all that we are, and all that we do, and all that we can. To your glory, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.